0: Welcome to The Sugar Science, I'm Monica Wesley and my distinguished guest today is Eiji Yoshihara. He uh, is a principal investigator at the Lungquist Institute at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. He's also an assistant professor at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Before this, he was working down at the Salk Institute in San Diego. And we're very interested to talk to him about his work at the Lunquist Center and his uh, really interesting new paper. Welcome, Eiji.
1: Thank you for the kind introduction, Monica. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast program. I'm very excited to be here and talk about our new findings.
0: This is fantastic. Um, let's talk about your new lab in the Lunquist Center in Torrance. How are you, uh, what are you enjoying about this sort of exciting new lab space there?
1: I started my lab at Landkiss Institute at Harvard UCLA Medical Center last April, so it's uh, almost already a year now. So I really enjoy the research support and the academic community in here. Uh, we have very unique research environment at the Harvard UCLA campus. We have a hospital, basic research institution, and biotech industry park in the same campus, which makes it easier for us to build up the collaboration for translation research to fight against type 1 diabetes. I'm also excited to be able to recruit talented people and have my own team. Uh, We have uh, enough space and everything is organized well. So I look forward to conducting more research and making more progress in here.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I've actually visited the the center and it's really state-of-the-art with a, a lot of nice collaborative spaces and it's brand new. So uh, and it has a it's houses a lot of really new up and coming researchers like yourself. So exciting times. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your interest in uh, type one diabetes. You start you got your PhD in Kyoto University. Is that where you first started to be interested in type one? Or how, how did you get interested in it?
1: Uh, So uh, I became, uh, yeah, uh, I became interested in type 1 diabetes since we unexpectedly found the metabolic phenotype of the uh, one of the genes knockout mice called the TXNiPE knockout mice. So that was my thesis program to study about the uh, genetic animal model, uh, phenotyping of the genetic animal model of Txnip. So uh, I received my PhD in life science from Kyoto University. The one of the finest universities in Japan. Uh, as you may uh, know, many Nobel Prize winners in medicine work there, yes. including Dr. Shinya Yamanaka, a uh, founder of IPS technology, and Dr. Tasuku Honjo, who found the Immuno checkpoint PD1, PDL1 pathway. So I started my graduate studies in Dr. Junji Yodoi laboratory, who cloned human psiloticin, an anti oxygenant. And the cytoxin interacting protein TXNIP as binding partner of cytoxin. So when I joined the graduate program, I was planning to study virus related research such as leukemia uh, in virus research institute at Kyoto University because that was my interest at the time. However, my genetic knockout mice, uh, uh, which I was given as my thesis project, uh, showed a very interesting men- metabolic phenotype. So I completely switched my interest to the metabolic study. So we found that interacting protein, TXNIP knockout mice, dysregulated glucose and lipid homeostasis during feeding, fasting, nutrition transition. In addition, the mice showed a disposition for death by hyperinsulinemia and hypoglycemia phenotype under the fasting. So it was really like they lost the regulation of the insulin secretion under the fasting. Wow. So on the other, on the other hand, uh, when we crossed Txnip knockout mice with a type two diabetic model mice, we found those type two diabetic model mice were no longer having diabetes which means TXNIP is responsible for the pathogenesis of diabetes. We intensively studied beta cell function of TXNIP by using isolated islets at the time, and then we found TXNIP deletion enhances both insulin secretion and insulin sensitivity. Now TXNIP is widely accepted as important molecule for pathogenesis of diabetes and a great, great therapeutic target for it. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to study about this gene function in my early career, which makes me more interested in metabolic study.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting discovery. And so then you came, you know, once you, once you had that sort of, um, you know, introduction, I guess, then you went to the SOC. And um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you did there?
1: Yeah, uh, I joined the Long Evans Laboratory at Salk Institute in 2011, right after obtaining my Ph.D. in Japan. Dr. Long Evans has been known as a pioneer of the nuclear hormone receptors, and he established the field of hormone sensing and non-sensing transcription regulation and physiology. So the research environment in Salk Institute was remarkable they have a, a state of arts core facility and uh, there are many talented researchers in there. So I have benefited a lot from discussing and collaborating my project with people in SOC. So when I joined in Long Evans Lab, I decided to continue with my research expertise of beta cell study in there uh, because at the time uh, there were not too many projects about beta cell work had been done in SOC Institute. So I thought that would be a very exciting challenge for me to merging my expertise to their expertise. We we studied postnatal beta cell maturation pathway, which is a very important pathway to understand how beta cells gain the robust glucose-stimulated insulin secretion, GSIS, by using mouse model. So GSIS uh, is an amazing function of beta cells. Beta cells measures blood sugar accurately and secret just light amount of insulin in a millisecond space. So understanding, uh, so understanding of this uh, function maturation pathway is uh, one of the keys to successfully create a functional beta cells from stem cells in vitro, or because many cases stem cell-derived beta cells shows weak GSIS function. So we have shown that functional maturation is an energy-intensive process beta cells gain the oxidative metabolic features rather than glycolytic, more proliferative features. So in addition, we found that transcription factor estrogen-related receptor gamma, ERR gamma, which directly bind to the promoter region of the mitochondrial metabolic genes encoded in the nucleus, and switch the metabolism from glycolysis to more oxidative status. So, this metabolic switch is very important to understand how beta cells gain the robust GSS function, since it has been known that the healthy beta cells have unique metabolic features. Almost 100% of glucose is being used for the fuel energy for mitochondrial metabolism to maximize ATP production, or which links to their insulin secretion function. So, moreover, uh, we have showed that uh, as proof of concept, uh, the regulation of mitochondrial metabolism by ER gamma uh, in human pluripotent stem cells derived beta-like cells enhances uh, GSIS function. So, we published uh, these findings in our cell metabolism paper in 2016. So next question was at the time, how we can moderate mitochondrial metabolism by soluble factors to maximize the instant secretion function of the human pluripotent stem cells derived beta-like cells to improve our beta cell differentiation protocol. So in the latest research, we have found that Winter 4 a non-canonical Winter pathway regulator, enhances mitochondrial metabolism in part through the ER gamma. Uh, both winter 4 and yeara yamai expression are increased in mouse islets during functional maturation so integrating winter 4 with specific 3d dimensional culture condition which creates a 3d structured human islets like organoids so uh, we could observe beta gs is function in in this uh, organoids mm. So uh, we have learned a lot about the nature of beta cells and the potential bioengineering of human islets from pre-potent stem cells in Salk Institute.
0: Yeah, and then, so that that really kind of, um, you know, really that integrative work now brought us to, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about your recent paper. Which is uh, immunovasive human islet like organoids ameliorate diabetes. And that is really interesting. Can yeah, you give you. us a little uh, recap of your paper, hypothesis, methodology? I mean, it's really great paper.
1: Yeah, thanks for saying that. So our latest study titled Immuno-Evasive Human Islet-Like Organoid Ameliorate Diabetes was uh, studied from optimizing the condition to generate the human mini-organ-like islet cells called a human islet-like organoid, HILOs. Many researchers have contributed to figuring out the signal pathway to induce producing cells from uh, human prepotent stem cells in the past two decades. So, we are now able to reproducibly create a reasonable level of glucose responsive in producing beta cells. So, I believe uh, this is a, a kind of a major breakthrough in the stem cell field, especially the beta cell differentiation is very complicated and long uh, over 30 days differentiation. And the maturation periods are required. So, we, we, we have found a combination of modulating uh, checkpoint molecule PDL1 and we could reduce the chance of immunorejection of the uh, HILOs with naked transplantation. So which means without using physical device or immunosuppressant, these uh, uh, cell products uh, could ameliorate diabetes uh, for over 30 days.
0: So that was, yeah, so for over 30 days, this is, you know, so basically ex vivo stimulation of interferon G induced endogenous pdl one restricted the T cell activation and graph rejection in the mouse. And it was 30 days. That is impressive. I mean, it's really, you guys I think probably use some excellent methodology to achieve this. And, um, I think, it's, uh, I think it's amazing. I wonder, could we um, talk a little bit about ex vivo stimulation of interferon G-induced endogenous pdl one T-cell activation and graft rejection? And how long did it last?
1: So the clinical utility of transplanted islet is limited by both allogenic and autoimmune responses. We wanted to know whether we can create immunoevasive, immunotolerant uh, human islet-like organoids. So there are interesting clinical observations has been reported that uh, even 50 years of type 1 diabetic patients, functional beta cells are still remaining. Yeah. So yeah, what's the difference of these uh, remaining functional beta cells and distracted beta cells by immune cells in the type 1 diabetic patients? So this could be the reason. Maybe there are some special beta cells who can evade autoimmune rejection. If so, can we generate immunoevasive function beta cells? So that was my first uh, question. So we can learn about uh, immunoevasion uh, from the different aspects as well, like, like uh, cancer cells or antigen presenting cells express PDL1 and, uh, and evade immune surveillance. So, cancer immunocell therapy by using PDL1 antibody has been known to induce type 1 diabetes in a subset of recipients. So, we wanted to know whether PDL1 expression can reduce the uh, graft rejection of the H- in HILOS model. So, we described two models in the paper. Uh, one is overexpressing PDL1 uh, expression in the human prepotent stem cells and differentiated it to HILOS. Notably, in this method, the PDL1 overexpression did not disturb the differentiation process of the HILOs. And uh, without losing the GSIS function or PDL1, over hiL HIROs could ameliorate uh, hyperglycemia in both xenograft and alogenic uh, humanized model, model mice uh, more than 30 days. Another method is what I called uh, is a multi-pulse stimulation of the interferon gamma uh, to induce pdl one expression in HLOs. So pdl one is known to be induced by inflammatory cytokines such as interferon gamma and or, or it is localized to cell membranes uh, where it binds to PD-1 on T cells to provide a uh, strong suppression of T cell activation. So, it's uh, like a paradox since it has been known that chronic cytokine induces the ER stress or cytokine induced beta cell de differentiation and dysfunction, while cytokine also induces a PDL1 expression, which means a kind of protective uh, role of cytokines from cytotoxic cells So, we have found that only two hours stimulation of the interferon gamma can induce a PDL1 expression without defecting GSIS. So, when we stimulated the HILOs with two hours stimulation of the interferon gamma, not only one time, over three times stimulation, we learned beta cell enhances the program of expression of the PDL1 and sustained its expression. So, in addition, interestingly, after this multi pulse interferon gamma stimulation, HILOs obtained de novo cytokine tolerance. Which means the HILOs are more resistant from the IL1 beta and the cytotoxic cytokines induce beta cell d differentiation. So, these new features of the hiros led by multi cytokine stimulation or changes transcription program, which is different from the normal stage. And uh, I'm calling this is a novel transcription memory system of the beta cells. So, beta cells can be trained by multi stimulation of the cytokine. So that was one of the point of the paper. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, the, tr- the idea of training the beta cell uh, is really fascinating. Yeah,
1: yeah. We are really excited about uh, seeing this phenotype. And then currently we are studying more about this phenomenon and uh, how this program is regulated by epigenetic modification or other mechanisms uh, in my lab at Institute.
0: This is fantastic work. How do... um. Your high lows human islet like organoids compared to those from Ekaterine uh, Bershchilis lab at University of Geneva.
1: So I'm assuming you are asking about uh, their Nature Communication paper published in 2019 yep, about yep. the aggregation of uh, dissociated human islet cells and endothelial uh, cells to create the synthetic uh, human islet clusters. So it has been known that dissociated islet cells can be self-organized again, which is called a pseudo-islet technology. So Dr. Barsheville's work used this pseudo-islet technology to create new organoid which is containing endothelial cells. So they could add the additional function into human islet which is enhancing graft survival and immunoprotection most likely from the secreting factors of endothelial cells, such as growth factor uh, and the immunoevasive nature of the endothelial cells. So that is a very interesting study. I see many advantages in their uh, technology. So, oh, however, our study is completely different with this study since we are creating HILOs from the pluripotent stem cells and not using the primary islets. So, which means our method is scalable and more easy for the general engineering to modify the specific function of the beta cells.
0: Yeah, that's a good distinction. Thank you. Um, And then, so have you done any studies in dogs?
1: Oh, I have not had the chance to study diabetes in dogs, but I'm uh, definitely interested in seeing how diabetic research can contribute to other animals, especially uh, dogs, uh, humans' best friends. I think uh, this is a really important question to pursue new therapeutics for dog diabetes because many of the dogs are actually having this disease.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of a leap, but it is interesting to see that, you, you know, to sort of think about you know uh, mice, and then what's the next animal? And and maybe there are there there are a lot of diabetes in dogs these days, and maybe that's a, a place for inquiry. I guess um, you know what are the challenges are there surrounding organoid implantation?
1: So, several groups have already showed that functional beta cells or islet cells that are derived from pluripotent stem cells are capable to normalize and maintain normal glycemia when it's transplanted in a diabetic mice. And several clinical trials in human patients are also ongoing with similar stem cell products. So, long-term immunoevasion of the transplanted islet with the minimum impact of side effects should be improved continuously. In addition, from my viewpoint, the most important things for the next step will be developing the safety system. So, one simple idea is using the uh, induced Casper's 9 system, which is a kill switch system for cell therapy. If we know we can remove transplanted synthetic cells whenever we want, Oh, even the cells get dysfunction or cause unexpected events such as teratoma formation, we can quickly solve the issue by killing all of the transplanted cells and then start over it again with new transplantation therapy. Mm. So, mm, induced Casper 9 suicide system is a system incorporated Casper 9 uh, apoptosis inducer in pluripotent stem cells. Which enables us to activate the apoptosis of pluripotent stem cell derived grafts with the small molecule chemical inducers of demethylations. So far, several groups identified that induced caspase nine can kill uh, uh, the ninety percent of the uh, hIPSC derived cells, while it is not the hundred percent of cells that are killed by this system. So, or combining with several safeguard systems, not only this kill switch system to prepare the risk for cell therapy, is I think one of the most important challenges next stem cell-based side therapeutics.
0: Yeah, I think it's on everyone's mind um, that is working in this space because you know it's great to have the implantation, but what if it's not working perfectly in some kind of in some person? You, you're right. You have to have the safety switch and so that's important to uh, work to be done. Um, what do you what can be learned about eyelid implantation from other immune privileged sites you know like the placenta um, and the retina, places like that. What's your impression?
1: placenta is definitely a very interesting site to study about the mechanism of immunotolerance. It is very interesting to think about how mother and fetus are connected to each other as foreign in the body, but why the foreign cells are not rejected in there? The placenta is known as functional immunological barrier between the mother and the fetus by creating the immunoprivileged sites. So, especially, I'm interested in how trophoblast invades normal tissues by similar manner like cancer cells invade other tissues. To achieve the immunoprivilege and angiogenesis for nutrition supply. So, in this stage, is a complicated immunobalance. I assume the complicated immunobalance between inflammation and immunotolerance is regulated by spontaneous mechanisms, which we have not clearly un- understood yet. So I'm interested in how the cell gain immunotolerance in this situation with possibly the inter- intracellular immunotolerance mechanism and the contribution of the immunosuppressors such as FOXP3 positive regulatory T cells. So if we know the exact mechanism of how pregnancy creates immunoprivileged environment in placenta, that will be a uh, uh, significant to apply for creating an immun- even a privileged site for iris transplantation, so that would be a really, really great to, uh, to think about it.
0: Yeah, we are hosting um, in the next couple of months. We're going to be hosting a uh, something we call off the record, which is a private conversation with interdisciplinary scientists to talk about this exact issue. And we have a group from Stanford. Who is interested in discussing this? They're involved in creating an artificial placenta, and so it will be oh, that really, great. yeah, it'll be really fun to get, um, you know, all these um, scientists in the room and talk about this sort of off the record in a private space. So yeah, hopefully you can join us. Yeah, sure. Um, can you comment on the on new work by Ying Lu at uh, University of Illinois? She was use, she's using toroidal spiral particles to implant eyelids. Um, what are your thoughts about that type of a particle?
1: Uh, sure, uh, transplant, transplantable cell encapsulation system like the one that Dr. Inoue Lab develops is a great potential to improve cell therapy. So it is very important to specially developing the high permeability for glucose and insulin, yet preventing the immune infiltration. So, in addition, if we can observe enough nutritional and oxygen supply, which is typically required high vascularization in the graft, even we use this physical device which prevents the cellular, which typically prevents the cellular invasion. So I achieve that will promise a long-term survival for eyelids and glyc control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some challenges to work out, but I did like the fact that they were coming at it from a a chemical engineering standpoint. It's kind of a new, you know, approach. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I do feel that a lot of these approaches need to uh, connect uh, with other scientists to really sort of drive, drive this, um, this, this type of research together uh, or forward together. So hopefully that will happen through the sugar science. I wondered, are you looking for new students to join your lab? And if so, what kind of projects are available? Uh, yes, we are recruiting uh,
1: postdoctoral researchers, doctoral students, and the student volunteers. So we are looking for highly motivated young talent for our research projects, graduate program, and the internship program here in the Landkis Institute. So we look forward to hearing from people who share uh, our research interest and commitment. We provide the hands-on training for experiment, nutritional environment to develop novel thinking and uh, uh, joining the biomedical science in here.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity, especially for those who are based in Los Angeles and are interested uh, in getting into this uh, field. I think it's a, an excellent opportunity. Your lab has a lot to offer. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you so much, Eiji, for joining us. I really appreciate you talking to us. And we hope to, uh, we're really looking forward to your next paper and, and what you do next.
1: Thank you. Uh, it was my pleasure to be here. <clears throat>
0: Konnichiwa, yokoso. Eiji Yoshihara, Ph.D. at the Lundgren Institute in California. My name is Monica Wesley for the Sugar Science, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Eiji today, talking about his new work and his new paper. Eiji, welcome, and can you please introduce yourself uh, and where you are right now?
1: Uh, uh, Centerにて, uh,
0: Fantastic. Can we talk about your excellent recent paper, Immune Evasive Human Islet Like Organoids Ameliorate Diabetes? And I guess you should probably restate that in Japanese for our listeners.
1: 僕たちは、
0: and can we talk a little bit about the ex vivo stimulation of interferon G induced endogenous PDL1, restricted T cell activation, and grant rejection that you talk about in the paper?
1: So, canceribole由来の水と organoidは, in the case of the mouse, the免疫 will be able to use the to rejection 移植した細胞がます。また幹
0: Thank you so much for sharing this, and we're hoping that this will reach um, the Japanese audience, especially at University of Kyoto, where you hail from, and uh, that they will join us at the Sugar Science and um, connect and collaborate across the globe. Thank you again. Thank you.